Hey. <clears throat> Yo. What's going on? What's new with you? What you been up to? <clears throat> None much. Uh, actually, that's a lie. Um, are we good to go? Are we starting? Yeah, I'm good to go. Great. It is Sunday night, everybody. This Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> Be there. And this is Getting Off Topic Podcast. Is that Family Feud? I think that is. Yeah, That's okay. what I was about to get, Family Feud, in my head. I know. <laughs> the first couple of notes was like, da 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 Yeah. I hear the theme music. I don't even remember which game show it is. Um, yeah. Hey, everybody. Uh, and what is up, my dude? Um, uh, yep. Yeah, we um, uh, um, so we've been up to things. I can't speak. I can't make words. I'm still. <laughs> um, duh, uh, duh, um, uh, I speak good. Well, I, <laughs> me talk pretty someday. I I tried, I, I pounded a bunch of coffee like uh, an hour or so ago, like knowing that we'd be doing the podcast. And then I got slammed with like work crap in my last half hour of it. Anyway, um, yeah. So last weekend, mom came up on the train, uh, treated her to day at Disneyland, which was a treat for me and Meg too, because we haven't been since at least a year or two before COVID even hit. Um, I think it was like early 2019 or late 2018. I can't remember. Maybe. Yeah. I think the last time I've been was the last time I was babysitting my nephews, which has to be close to a decade ago. Wow. Jeez. Um, But yes, we, we saw the things and stuff. It was, it was a mixed bag of a day, but it turned out okay. Um, when we first got there, and we knew it was going to be kind of hellish because the only time that we could arrange with my mom was on the weekend. And Disneyland is, of course, packed on the weekend. And I checked. I was like, oh, maybe they're still like at, you know, slightly less capacity or whatever. But no, they're completely opened up again. Like it's back to normal. So normal weekend crowds at Disneyland. And it turned out to be the hottest day in that weird quick heat wave that we got. So that was nice. It wasn't <laughs> um, the hottest day, but it was not a cool day. <laughs> it was like 94, 95 here. So it had to have been at least 90 to, to 89 there. Actually, I think it was more like 85 to 90. Like, because the thing was, is Disneyland doesn't have a whole lot of shade. So everything feels hotter than normal there. Yeah. You're wandering around on just all that cement baking in the sun. Um, but, Perfect day uh, to get a Dole Whip. Did you get a Dole Whip? We ended up not getting a Dole Whip. We uh, just ran out of time. We were doing other things. Um, we immediately made a beeline for uh, Galaxy's Edge because we had to. I mean, that was the reason to go, just to check that out. Um, are you still with us, Todd? You look frozen. Or are you just being very still? Hello? Oh, there he is. <laughs> yeah, shitty charter internet. <laughs> Do I need to repeat what I was saying or did you catch it? No, I caught it, but. Oh, yeah. yeah, so we immediately made a beeline for Galaxy's Edge because that's like the reason to go and check that out. 
Uh, when you guys, when I woke up and I saw the text from Meg about the Ahsoka sabers and the dark saber, oh. I I had my finger over the the Venmo button. Like, <laughs> can I afford both? All of it, the twin Ahsoka sabers and the dark saber. Uh, yeah, we made a bunch of picks and we sent that to Meg to send to you. Um, they were quite pretty. Um, not something that I would spend over $200 on. That's a bit much, a bit too rich for my book. The handles but. were crazy heavy, but mm. the blades seemed pretty plasticky. It was really weird. Yeah, yeah the, those ones, the, 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 the blades are not the, the, the greatest quality. If you want the, you have to go to the secondary store or the, the, I can't I can't remember the other company that does them, but they do like a harder plastic um, blade that that's really like it has the nice light up effect that that extends with the blade rather than just turns on. Yeah, uh, I think it's just turned on. <laughs> I think the company's Force FX. Yeah, I think uh, that's the, or at least that's that. one of them. I'm sure there's several companies that do. Um, yeah, yeah, they have the but, better ones. But the 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 hand the the actual sabers themselves, the ones that Disney has, those are pretty solid. Those are probably better or on par with the Force FX ones. Yeah, yeah, I looked pretty rad, and they had a ton of them. They had a ton in the display case, and you could take them out and hold them and everything. They had the legacy ones. That um, probably still my personal favorite is uh, Luke's from Return of the Jedi, the one that he builds the green saber. Of course. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they had them all from the prequels and Clone Wars and everything, you name it. <clears throat> um, yeah, we checked out, walked around there. Just being in that location is awesome and rad just because that whole that whole area is built so it's fully encapsulating, like fully immersive. Like you can't see out to any other area of the park at the only, all the only thing you can see is the tip of thunder mountain but it blends into the rest of the star wars experience buildings right was that thunder mountain or, or matterhorn thunder not the matterhorn no matterhorn's yeah. further away oh, okay but in any case yeah it blends in so it just looks like another <clears throat> mountain peak um first thing we did we went oh we walked past the uh cantina which was unfortunately completely booked solid like there's they have reservations and then they have like a uh, like a wait list line, just like a walk up line. Even that, you know, you have to like use the app. Everything's done through the app now. You go, you have a Disneyland app um, It's very convenient because it has like a full interactive map and you can see all the wait times live uh, for every attraction. Um, but you can um, you know, place food orders in advance to wherever, you know, a little whether it's like a little mini beverage stand like the coke stand or like one of their sit down restaurant places that you can order food that way and go and just pick it up um you can reserve for those specialty things in galaxy's edge so the cantina thing was completely booked solid there's no chance of getting in that um the millennium falcon ride smugglers run that's just a walk up so we did that first um which was cool i probably would have enjoyed it more if it was just our party because they put in like up to like five or six people i think um six up to six in the millennium falcon okay um <clears throat> so we got paired up with like a dad and his two little kids one kid. or one kid okay whatever 
There was there was a child presence there. And the kid ended you up felt being, a disturbance in the forest. Yeah. So so they, you know, as you're walking through the Millennium Falcon, which is rad, and I'm taking pictures of they got the little like chessboard set or whatever there, the, the table. Um not a holograph graphic image on top of it, but just the table, but that's cool enough. Um but then somebody comes and gets you and says, hey, it's your turn. And they ask you, like, how many you're part of you? Okay, you're with them and them. And it goes, you are going to be the pilot. You two are going to be uh, engineers. And you two are going to be um, oh, gunners or uh, whatever. And so me and Meg were on the guns. Uh, my mom was the engineer. So at some point in the ride, like, you're you're chasing after cargo and she just has to hit the button to like to grab attach it, so, it. Attach, yeah, attach to it somehow or whatever. Which she missed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we all missed. Everything was happening so fast. I felt like an old person. The ride kind of made me feel old. Like, what's happening now? Uh, but also it was all chaotic because the little, little kid <laughs> was the pilot and didn't know how to fly the thing at all. And so the whole ride, we're just bashing into literally everything you could possibly bash into. Well, would you really have been any better than that kid? That ride was so chaotic. Maybe the tiniest, slightly bit oh, better. Okay. But it just felt like we hey, missed- Video game of... pro Tony here. No, it just felt like we missed uh, half of the experience. Like if it was maybe better piloted, no offense, little kid, but we might have we might have gotten more of the story or the experience that you're supposed to get because it just felt like just being banged around and just shooting at I'm just hitting a button and shooting at nothing because there's nowhere to aim. <laughs> but anyway, but, you know, it was cool enough. Um, the other one, which we kept hearing, you know, through the grapevine that no, no, this is the ride to experience the Rise of the Resistance ride, which is the, the newer one in Galaxy's Edge. That one is still like reservations only because it's that popular. And it's like, it's like trying to get Comic-Con tickets, basically. Like it, they start off at 7 a.m. Was it 7 or 8 a.m.? 7, 7 a.m. on the dot. You have to go into the Disneyland app and go to like ride reservations <clears throat> and hit that refresh as 7 a.m. hits the clock and a uh, you know a button will appear saying like you know join the line or join the wait list or whatever and hopefully you hit that button in time before they say sorry reservations are filled and that's exactly what happened with us at 7 a.m like i clicked it right on the money and still sorry reservations are filled but then there's a second chance <laughs> at 12 noon so meg and i both did it right at 12 noon and she got it on her phone so we were able to get reservations to to do the thing so that was rad. Um, so we, it, it's, it sends you, it gives you a reservation for like way later, like three or four in the afternoon. So we're like, okay, we try to go on a couple other rides. Um, everything fucking broke. <laughs> oh, so we went, uh, like first we did uh, Pirates, maybe? We, we were given a 100 minute wait time. So we realized on such a busy day, we only would really be able to go on one ride. So we chose Pirates, which was fine. Yeah. Got in line. It actually went quicker than we assumed it would. Yeah. So we hightailed it back to Star Wars area. And... Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And then we get a notification just as we're arriving that, hey, the ride broke. 
the Star Wars Rise of the Resistance ride broke. Yeah. So it's going to be another 80 minute wait. Yeah, it went from like you have like 15 minutes to go till launch to all of a sudden refresh and it's like 75, 80, 90 minutes. Like, what the hell? And we heard from some people outside that, yeah, yeah, the ride's like busted. Like they they stopped boarding for now. So like, okay, great. Time to run back to Pirates and ride it again. (laughs) No, we we ate some food and then we decided to go to Indiana Jones, which is in the same area as Pirates. Uh So it was all back and forth. We go to... Oh, you tell it, I guess. Uh, we go to Indiana Jones and we get all the way through it. It's It was maybe like a 40 minute wait, but it was going pretty quick. And we get all the way to like the stairs right <clears throat> before, like we're 10 feet away from the ride, from like when you get on the vehicles and it breaks down. <laughs> oh. and we're just sitting there and we're sitting there and waiting and you know, hear the announcements. Like that we waited probably like a full 30 minutes we're just sitting there and until they finally just started telling people like just leave because it's not coming back up anytime soon so everybody gets you know files out everything just like fucking hey and you had your perfect opportunity to get your dole whip right there because the exit to indy is right where the dole whips right the dole whip yeah but at that point we realized we really only had like 25 minutes to go back to the star wars area mm-hmm. and go back to the star wars yeah. area and then it starts counting up again it no, uh, it, worked. it was fine was it yeah okay we got on it was like we walked right up it was great okay the timing was perfect i forget whatever yeah but keep in mind in between these events like hours are passing like this is our yeah. whole damn day just waiting for a couple of rides was, we arrived at the park inside the park at 10 30 a.m and by this point, it was three o'clock p.m., and we had only legit ridden two rides. Yeah. I believe it. At yeah. that point. So that's a Saturday at fucking Disneyland, everybody. Sunday. <laughs> or Sunday, yeah. Um, but after anyway. that, it was fine. The rest of the day was great. Yeah. So Rise of Resistance makes the fucking day. Like it is as good as everybody says it is. <clears throat> um, Todd, it would blow your mind. Yeah. It's. Uh, you feel like you're legit on like the ship in yeah. space. It's crazy. Yeah, because the basic premise of the story is you're you're like with the rebellion and they're transporting you away because the first order is in the area or something like that. That you're 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 on some sort of little mission and you you know they give the whole big crowd like they they pile in like a good. I don't know, 30 people or something maybe onto this like transport shuttle looking thing to go away from whatever the base is called on in Galaxy's Edge. Um, is that uh, is that a repurposed Star Tours? Because I remember those no. being no. like, okay. No. Star- it's a separate area altogether. Yeah, it's completely separate area. Star Tours still exists. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so that's just the initial phase. You go into this like big transporter looking thing and... Everybody is in character. They end up pulling you off, like because you get captured by the new, the first order. Yeah, and And, uh, you, the uh, the main leads from the new trilogy are in there. Like Oscar Isaac is uh, seeing you off in the shuttle, or he's like um, the way they interact, like with all the screens and everything. Like you are in the transport shuttle, you can see. 
uh, one of the, oh, God damn it. What's the, the squid head race? Um, I'm being a bad star. Mon, Mon Cal? Mon Cal's, yeah. So one of the Mon Cal's is, is piloting and it's like an open cockpit so you can see him. It's like a full animatronic dude. And behind him are like all the pilots, like the windows of the cockpit. And so <laughs> you're seeing an interactive screen. So it looks like, and you're feeling the hydraulics of like you going off planet and into space. And then on a separate screen off to the side, you've got Oscar Isaac or Poe, you know, um, escorting you in an X-Wing. And so you're seeing his, like, you know, his cockpit view. And then, of course, like, shit happens. First Order appears, tractor beamed onto a Star Destroyer. And from there, doors open up. And the um, First Order people, the First Order thugs say, like, you know, get the hell off of this transport, blah, blah, blah. You know, you're all prisoners now of the First Order. And you're being escorted off. So the ride has transported you to this new set. And it's fucking massive, like a full practical set that's like the inside of a Star Destroyer. So you're being escorted around, like in a bully-like fashion. <laughs> like, like they're taking you down these halls, like, go here, prisoner, blah, 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 blah. And it goes on and on and on from there. Eventually, there's uh, animatronic Kylo Ren. You're trying to escape from the Star Destroyer. It's fucking rad as shit. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, by the way, spoilers in case anybody didn't want to be spoiled on the Star Wars, right? But... Well, that's hardly a spoiler because you have to experience it. Yeah, there's so much more there's, to it. Yeah. It's insane. Like, it blew my mind. Yeah. It was so cool. It just, it's so good how they set the tone because it's half like walking in, um, like almost the beginning of like Haunted Mansion where they take you into the expanding room or whatever. And it uses that gimmick. But all the interactivity with the animatronic pilot, the space, like space visuals behind him and space battles and Poe talking to you the whole time. And it just set, gets you in like immersed completely. To, so by the time you get to there's a later portion where you're actually sitting on a sort of ride thing, you feel like you're in the goddamn movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, God, so good. So good. So yeah, obviously. <laughs> We're what forty minutes into the podcast here. I'm telling you, that made the day one hundred percent. So I encourage everybody go to Disneyland and just go to that one thing. Just do it. It's worth it. <laughs> yeah. So what have you been up to, Todd? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Watching a lot of Netflix. Cool. Oh, we've been doing a lot of that too. What are you watching? Uh, so I binged. Okay, so I I, I am preaching the gospel of this show to anybody who will listen okay if you have not heard about it or if you have no interest in it uh the show is called arcane i need you to change your mind right now arcane is an anime on netflix and it's based off of characters from the league of legends game so a lot of people are kind of turned off because of both of those factors a that it's league of legends and b that it's a video game adaptation anime Mm ignore all that nonsense it's just a really fucking beautiful anime to look at and it's a really really fucking good story cool yeah you're you're telling me about that the other day i was kind of sketchy on it because i saw the i mean the automatic trailers that pop up when you load netflix and uh for you know for all their new shit and it looked cool it looked interesting but i was kind of already I was assuming that I was already bumming myself out. Like, oh, I probably need to know all the lore to get no. what's up. And- 
I had no because I cannot stand League of Legends as a game. Like <laughs> I think it's an inferior game to the, the game that I play. I play Dota 2. They're they're similar games. They're, they're Dota very and League of Legends Wars. It's inferior. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're they're the developers behind League of Legends were developers behind Dota 1. They were like secondary, like lower level developers on Dota 1, and they left. And they took all of the ideas and they went and made their own game. And it's kind of garbage. I think it's a, it's a garbage game, but I mean, it's other than that, like it, other than the fact that it's based on the characters and some of the backstories and lore of the characters, but you don't need to know any of it. I knew none of the lore or backstory for any of these characters. And I fell in fucking love with this show. Uh, Meg, when you watch it, there's a character that's very much like a Harley Quinn character. You're going to love her. You will love her. (laughs) Sweet. Cool. Sold. Awesome. It looked really interesting, but again, like I didn't really know much about it. So I just kind of wrote it off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, a lot of people are doing that. And it's, it's unfortunate because it's a really fucking good show. Well, I did see uh, a little snippet of a headline that they're already renewed for a season two for sure. Yeah. The, uh, they, they've already been working on it. So uh, it was, they knew it was going to, they knew it was going to do well. So it was sort of a foregone conclusion that was going to get picked up for season two. Riot actually has, has, has said that they want to make multiple stories, multiple branches with multiple characters, because just like Dota uh, league has like a hundred characters or some crazy number like that. And so, and this show only uses only like focuses on like five or six of them. So obviously they have tons of characters they can pull stories from. Yeah. Insane amount of storytelling. You could build that world. Exactly. Uh, sweet. Um, the big release this week, just in the last few days, is Cowboy Bebop. Yes. Yeah. So Meg and I are only two episodes in, um, but I don't know what the fuck the critics are smoking. I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and being a diehard fan of the original, you know, it's not like an anime purist thing like, oh, this is going to be garbage. Like, I mean, I was, of course, you know, always try to reserve my excitement and, you know, try not to get let down by adaptations, but it's definitely its own beast, but still, uh, you know, very, very um, uh, respectful of the original. Uh, so many, so many things like uh, the opening titles, the, uh, the, the insane amount of mu- nonstop music. And of course, we know the original composer, Yoko Kano, is on this project um it's it's it it's me it's my funny but it's great it's yeah it, it works it has I think the a, two i think the two right. biggest criticisms one of them is sort of kind of valid but then again like taken in in the fact the medium that it's in one mm-hmm. of them is the dialogue writing is kind of like weird and kind of almost bad in mm-hmm. some in some scenes yeah. but Watch the original anime. The dialogue in the original anime was bad too. Yeah, it's an interesting dance they have to do to um, a balancing act to be very faithful enough to the original material to appease the fans. Um, you know, so then they don't come at them with fucking pitchforks for ruining their precious anime, but also make it a realistic live action show. 
Like exactly. you have to have more kind of well-rounded characters or at least develop them a little more as opposed to being, you know, so two-dimensional. I mean, it's just the nature of the beast with anime, not to shit on anime. It's just, it's, I mean, it's the, the greatest animes of all time. Shows that you're used to. Yeah, but certain things you just haven't taken into account with how they're going to translate to a live action universe. And I, like you said, I think like the, some of the dialogue is, a bit hammy it's very pulpy but meg and i i mean we recognized that uh but we didn't see it as a downside it just the style of it works and it very much reminded us i was about to say it and then meg said it first it reminds us of sin city like just yeah, a yeah. live action comic book so things are very over dramatic things there's there's moments where it's very like comic booky noirish and uh and over dramatic looks and you know camera angles and everything everything about it is very much that specific style and but it works it yeah. works for the show it works for the material and that's and that's the style of the original like it was all about the over dramatic beautiful like wide shots or or like take for example the 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 red eye thief couple with the the pseudo pregnant lady yeah like the whole like her whole death scene where she's floating in space with the the vials floating around her that's like pulled straight from the episode yeah a lot of shots pulled straight from the original um i immediately recognized so much of the original soundtrack a lot of the the og tracks um sprinkled in there throughout the first two episodes along with new music as well um, but I feel like they went through already like half the original soundtrack in just the first two episodes. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Yeah. But and, and you touched on it though. But I think the the second biggest gripe is uh, mostly coming from man baby fans that uh, don't like the Faye character. Like I think that's the I think that the the majority of of people that I've seen complaining about the final product that we've seen. Mm -hmm. So do I, but I mean, the majority of the people that I've seen that are complaining about the final product are also people that if you go back on their Twitter history and whined and bitched the, the, when the first trailer came out and they saw that, Oh, she's not a, a comic or she's not a, the anime accurate costume. She doesn't have the anime accurate body proportions. Yeah. Fuck you. Jack offs. Yeah. Uh -huh. And it's, I feel like, you know, when in the first episode, when they're in a casino and Spike is coming down in the elevator, I'm seeing the version of the anime Spike. And then they show the real, you know, the John, real, Cho. John Cho, the yeah. uh, live, action. live action one. And it's just it's different. And so I feel like I, I'm watching the show. And yes, it's based on the anime, but it's its own thing, mm. you know, and everybody keeps trying to compare it and be like, well, it's not spot on to the anime. Well, if it were, it would be boring. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's the Star Wars effect with episode seven. It's like mm. it needs to be its own thing. And the same can be said for Faye Valentine. Yeah. And, you know, I thought she was honestly only two episodes in i think she was the best part of the show i yeah i kind of agree yeah. i mean i'm enjoying it all but as from if you're gonna compare things to the People original just want giant boobs <clears throat> and tits and that's not what they get so they think it's a terrible yeah. rendition uh mm -hmm. og fey works for the world of an anime from 1998 because she's a very uh classic femme fatale she's kind of more 
uh, like mysterious and whatever. And then eventually she joins in on the hijinks and has a little more to say and whatever. But in a live action 2021 adaptation, she's ex- she's evolved to be exactly who she needs to be, like a realistic, um, a realistic female character who's you know, just as much of a tough bounty hunter as the rest of them, like just trying to make do and uh, stopping them in their tracks with, as she's mouthing off to them, like, like, hey, fuck faces. Like, <laughs> it's, it's, it works so well. Um, another thing that I enjoyed already. They're not giving the actress who played her shit because she's not as voluptuous as oh, the uh, anime. Yeah, Judy from the, um, the, uh the i forget what it's called the uh, the bounty hunter little big shot. announcement show the big shot yeah. oh yeah big shot yeah where they announce the new bounties yeah like go and get them yeah uh, but at least they have a comic accurate costume for her gosh your anime accurate costume they actually for her don't because in the anime her shirt is fully open and in the show it's not it's closed no it's open it's open 100%. if you look at it yeah it's open Meg's like, are you sure? I pay attention to my tits. <laughs> She's like, I must look this up. Um, she just doesn't have much to begin with. That's that's where it's different. Okay. Uh, the one choice that I'm kind of appreciative that they did it, but at the same time, it feels a little unnecessary. And I don't know. So um, the original big bad of the series is Vicious, who's kind of the leader of or a big wig of the you know elusive syndicate the crime syndicate that spike used to be a part of um so we already see a lot of that story being fleshed out um in these first two episodes uh but in addition to that which i don't recall this being a part of the original show at all i it, it's been a few years but from what i remember vicious is top dog like period end of story in this live action adaptation, he's got his own big bads that he has to answer to. And so I bet there's probably... They want you to to have sympathy for him. Yeah, maybe. Or just kind of... I don't know. like Zuko, you know? Like Zuko's the big bad and then his dad is answering to a higher power person. Yeah. So it makes you feel sympathy for Zuko. Yeah. I don't know if given this guy's sympathy would do the right. Well, we haven't seen the rest of it. We've only been two episodes in, so you might know more than we do, Todd. Um, but I thought that was kind of a cool touch, those new, um, you know, big wigs of the syndicate, all kind of creepy and um, in their little lair. Basically, it, it kind of reminds me of the uh, the fake um, time, uh, what was it, the time lords or time keepers from the TVA, what the yeah. fuck were they called? Yeah. The, the fake, you know, Chuck E. Cheese animatronics. <laughs> but yeah, that was a really awesome scene where it showed how terrified he was of their wrath that he was straight up going to murder his wife on command. It's like, okay. Um, oh, but yeah, the, the one choice, again, that's probably a, a hotly debated choice uh, with the fans of the original anime. Um, kind of you know, cutting off his balls like that uh, when he was supposed to be the big bad. Uh, but also Spike, this added layer to him of that that's not his real name, uh, or at least he went by this code name. Uh, was it Fearless mm-hmm. that they used? Yeah. 
which I was wondering right before they introduced Vicious or as they were introducing his character in that first or second episode, I was wondering, you know, how are they going to, are they going to try to explain that away at all? Or are they just going to leave it alone? Because it's silly. The dude's name is Vicious. Like that's his name as far as we know in the original anime. And that's just a very anime thing. So how are they going to adapt that to this live action? Are they going to give him a different name? Are they going to say that that's like a code name or something? And that was going to be my guess. Maybe it's a code name. And then they keep calling Spike Fearless. And I go, oh, okay. That was probably his code name in the syndicate. That makes sense. It still feels kind of wonky when people call him it. It feels kind of cheesy to me. But I, I'm, I mean, I guess for the explanation, it works. But, but yeah, um, I'm loving the crap out of it. And I'm excited for the rest. I got a little spoiled on headlines today but for the finale. Um, but uh, yeah, I won't say any more because I don't want to spoil it for Maggie there. But yeah, I'm, I'm excited for where it's going. Yep. So far, I'm liking it. I'm only like two, I think two or three episodes further than you are. Yeah. So I'm yeah. okay with it. Sweet. Um, this is a little bit of old news, but uh, shortly after our last podcast, there was that whole Disney Plus day where they released a whole bunch of uh, sneak peeks and stuff for all the upcoming things. Oh, yeah. It's mostly Marvel. Yeah, mostly Marvel stuff. Um, and there was a, a, they had like a few little behind the scenes reels. I think there was one for the Obi-Wan show. Um, the big out of left field announcement, the X-Men 97 animated series. So yeah. So yeah, new animated series from Marvel Studios. They are straight up continuing the 90s X-Men show timeline. They're just starting it back up, I guess, where they left off, right? So, uh, as far as I can tell, I haven't really seen any news outside of the announcement on Disney Plus Day, but uh, yeah. yeah, just I like, how, I like how they embraced the sad Wolverine meme to announce it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was good. And yeah. uh, apparently uh, a lot of the original voice actors are coming back for it. So that's yeah. cool. Yeah, a big reunion. That's cool. I can hear that version of Wolverine who sounds like he's constipated as hell. <laughs> um yeah i think they had like a quick like blink and you'll miss it little bit footage from moon knight um yeah it was like a 30 second teaser but basically confirmed that that costume leak that uh, we saw like six months ago mm -hmm. is the actual costume cool uh so we get the hawkeye spinoff echo is confirmed right yeah uh we have uh uh, Marvel Zombies animated series. Yep, that's confirmed as well. Yeah. Um, we already knew Loki season two was coming. Uh, we knew what if season two was coming as well. Mm -hmm. uh, we got a trailer for Baymax, which was really super cool. Oh, I didn't see that. Check yeah, that that, that, it's like a 60 second little trailer, but okay. it's fun. And uh, I'm I'm looking forward to coming back to that. Yeah, and, I almost uh, saw Big Hero Six once in the theaters, but I remember having a lot of fun with it. It's really good, and it's Marvel canon. Uh, yeah, Marvel canon. It's in the same universe as Marvel. So oh, nice. Cool. Uh, <clears throat> uh, I think they had a quick little like meet the cast of the Willow series. Yeah, that was really funny. Uh, did you actually watch it? 
Uh, not yet. No, it's it's done in the style of um, his character from Extras, so it's it's like really okay. tongue in cheek, funny. Nice, yeah. sweet. Um, and what else? Um, a few random things. There was a. Uh, uh, I think there was a uh, follow up to the princess on the and the frog. Um, Tiana is coming. So. A few little animated specials. Yeah. A Zootopia one. Uh, cars, because they're never going to stop making cars shit. <laughs> no, I mean, it sells gangbusters with little boys. So, yeah. Um, oh, the first uh, image from Hocus Pocus 2 with the. Uh, all the the ladies uh there was a on twitter i saw there was like a side-by-side comparison for like 2021 versus was it 93 94 was the original but 94 i believe yeah yeah but yeah looking pretty good oh Oh, yes (laughs) makeup can do wonders makeup makeup is thick yes two c's <laughs> it would take the whole podcast to go through every single thing, but just rest assured, every little ounce of whatever, pick any property that Disney owns, and they're pushing out more shit for it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, there, was there, a, was, there was a decent trailer for uh, Hawkeye. That was the, the, the I think that was the that took up the most amount of time in that little like seven minute video that they did. Oh, I think okay. two or three of it was dedicated to Hawkeye, and it looks really fucking good. Yeah. And the early reviews that are that are coming out for the first like couple of episodes are saying it's 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 really fucking good. Sweet, I'm excited. Um, we it comes did... out next week. Already, damn! Oh god, there's too much stuff. <laughs> too much stuff already. Now let me get through Bebop before we work on the next thing. Um, there was a. I saw a quick little headline. Uh, Sylvester Stallone announced to the his social media world that he was back on the set for Guardians Three. So his nice. character is going to be back in Guardians Three. Um, uh, well, it kind of seemed like they were setting that up because the post credit scene with him and the rest of the ravagers yeah but you never know if that's just like a fun little like a quick little just thing for the fans yeah and who knows if they're ever going to follow up on it maybe it's just like well we only had them for a day like we invited them just for just for the hell of it let's throw this in for the fans but uh no that's cool that they're going to bring him back um they're uh well, speaking of uh, bringing people back, we got our final trailer for the Spider-Mans. Um, the Spider-Mans. No Way Home, which features, still does not feature multiple Spider-Mans. Just it the does. One. They're just invisible. <laughs> They're just photoshopped out. Yeah, they've yeah. just been CG'd out. Probably. But what no, they, they were. There's a scene. There's a scene toward the end of the trailer where uh, three of the the Sinister st- Six are like jumping at Spider-Man, and uh, was it like what's the the crocodile's name? I know it's not Killer Croc. That's the DC version of him. No, uh, the lizard. The lizard. Okay, so it's just the lizard. There's yeah, a there's a there's a brief moment where the lizard is jumping at Spider-Man. Well sort of in spider-man's general direction Mm -hmm. and you see his head 
knock back like it's been punched, but there's nothing there in front of him. Ah, okay. <laughs> so obviously something has been CG'd out of the trailer. Gotcha. <laughs> just, it, it was Wonder Woman's invisible jet. He just smacked exactly. right into the windshield. <laughs> um but yeah they did reveal i mean spoilers if you don't want to get spoiled by the final trailer of uh, no way home but as everybody suspected uh we're not just getting doc ock we're getting every freaking spider-man villain that we have seen on live action uh except for uh venom um not getting that yet but i'm assuming that's probably in a uh, the next adventure down the line because they still got to do a nice crossover with the uh, Sony Venom property and yeah, and I feel Spider-Man. I feel he's going to be like a mid or a post credit scene. He yeah. might have like a brief appearance at the end or something like that, but I I strongly feel he'll be the mid mid or post credit scene. Yeah, but uh, everybody that Tobey Maguire and uh, Andrew Garfield faced, uh, even freaking. Uh, we had JJ, J. Jonah. Uh, we had uh, what's his, the guy that plays J. Jonah Jameson, who oh. is him in real life. Yes. Uh, I'm blanking on his name right now because he's just J. Jonah J.K. James. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Thank you. Yes. It's very I don't cool. know why I was thinking of J.K. Rowling, but <laughs> J.K. Rowling. <laughs> like, the name is similar to that. What is it? It's not her. Do the same thing, God. Yeah. You're not alone. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it looks like big comic booky fun. Um, I did see snippets of uh, an interview with Tom Holland that made me a little bit nervous about it because he was he was speaking on the Spider-Man franchise. He was speaking on uh, Uncharted. Um, he was talking about how he got beat the hell up on Uncharted because he's <laughs> he's been over in Spider-Man land, and a lot of that is just cg <laughs> but in uncharted he's like yeah it's just me and jeans and a shirt and you know running and tumbling and falling on shit and whatever <laughs> so um yeah he said he got pretty beat up um but they they talked about spider-man and one feels a little feels a little scary that he he's talking about um i mean of course it's going to come eventually but he's talking about winding down his time on spider-man he's he's not really saying anything definitive but he's seems like he's not really sold on continuing on in spider-man for the near future he's kind of like oh maybe uh maybe a miles morales film is the next way to go and you know i mean hand it off he's, to someone else. he's still young and he's still relatively ish new in the franchise but i mean this is his third spider-man film and this is his like sixth fifth or sixth of appearance of spider-man so he's yeah. like been in it for almost as long as uh some of the other top Marvel heavyweights. Yeah. The other thing that was a bit unsettling was he, uh, he revealed that uh, just how much that no way home was apparently being rewritten on the fly, um, like almost on a daily basis. It, it kind of reminds me of when they talked about Iron Man two, how they were improvising through a lot of it. <laughs> Oof. Yeah, he was saying uh, specifically they, they didn't uh, say what it was, but the big finale of the film, uh, the, like a big, huge moment, emotional moment. The end is that was supposed to be like, you know, at the heart of the film. Um, Tom Holland actually went to the, the director, John Watts. He's like, I 
this doesn't feel right. Like this doesn't feel right to me. It's not working. Like, can we change this? And they sat down and had to hash it out and came up with a better ending. But so yay. But also with all that back and forth and rewrites, it has me a little worried. Like, is this going to be the lesser of the, all the Spider-Man films uh, when it should be like, you know, it, it potentially could be his grand finale, at least for solo films. I don't know. Is this going to be his Iron Man 3? I like Iron Man 3, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> not the greatest, but it's it's not bad either. But yeah, it's, I don't it's, know. It's definitely in the bottom half of Marvel movies. Right, we'll see. Yeah. Iron Man yeah, 3. You I, got your Iron Man 3s, your sword, your your Thor 2s, your uh, um apparently now eternals oh oh um uh, that's another one that i'm holding out because i kept hearing about people shitting on eternals at same time i hear people shitting on uh the new ghostbusters and cowboy bebop and cowboy bebop definitely uh is the difference the difference with so cowboy bebop is is strange and it's holding like a fifth like almost an exact 50 50 on both critic and audiences. The thing that, that has, has hope for me with ghostbusters is while it's like around a 40 or a 50% critics, like last time I checked, it was like 95% with an audience rating. So I have hope for that. And the eternals on the other hand was like, there was like a 60% critic rating, but then like a 30 or 40% audience rating. Hmm. All right. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm honestly not in any rush to watch it. I might, yeah. I might wait till, uh, till it's streaming on Disney. It'll show up on Disney Plus by the end of uh, end of December, so I, I can wait. Yeah. I don't have to go to the. This is the first Marvel movie that I'm saying I don't have to go theaters for. Yeah, I think that feels that, that feels kind of strange. Yeah, kind of end of an era there. Yeah. Wait, did I go to actually? No, uh, I take it back. I did not go to uh, the last Spider-Man movie, Far From Home. Why didn't I go to that? You're right. I don't think I did. I don't think I did either. Yeah. Was that like right uh, at the beginning of COVID? Maybe. Was it that long ago? Might I don't even know. Whatever. Anyway. Um, and another quick little bit of Marvel news. Uh, Scarlett Johansson, I guess, is not done with Marvel yet. Uh, Kevin Feige was in a little interview and he revealed that they're working on a secret project together, Marvel related, not Black Widow, um, but they're keeping it under the wraps and she's going to be at least producing. I don't know if she's also going to be starring in it, but I think I think there's rumors that she might be directing it, actually. Oh, well, well, Feige did say she's producing at least. Um, but yeah, we shall see. Yeah, there was there was never problems with her and Feige. It was her and the rest of Disney, like corporate Disney. Yeah, yeah. Um, there was a, a tiny little bit of promo art that got leaked for Strange Two, and showed uh, Wanda as you know Scarlet, all Scarlet witched out, uh, looking all ominous, and also the first look at uh, the new hero, Miss um, America. America Chavez. America Chavez, yeah. Uh, played by Sochi Gomez. Yeah, and that's another film that's uh, starting to get me a little worried too, because they're they might be going 
too big for their britches. Uh, apparently, they're under massive reshoots right now. Right. And that's supposed to come out like middle of next year, I believe. Okay. I still don't believe any of those leaks of like, oh, they're bringing in the X-Men. Oh, Hugh Jackman's back. I think that's all just. Yeah, it's it. I uh, that's why I didn't really bring it up. But but <laughs> there, it is confirmed that they are doing reshoots, whether or not the, the, the multitudes of rumors that half of the, the, the original X-Men cast and half of the first class cast is involved with it. I, I don't know if I believe any of that, but yeah, we can all dream. Yeah. We can always dream <laughs> until Hugh Jackman is in the grave. We will keep on dreaming <laughs> as well as well, Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> that would piss Ryan Reynolds off if he shows up in in the the Strange movie and not Deadpool three. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch! <laughs> oh man. Well, here's something that I thought was completely unbelievable, and then you sent me article links. Um. Again, it's not, it's not, uh, anything can happen. I don't think it's officially greenlit or anything, but apparently Mel Gibson is trying to make a lethal weapon five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, he shared, uh, I forget how we even got on the subject, but, uh, oh, we were talking about, uh, the nice guys. I watched the nice guys again and Shane black. Uh, and then- right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah how that should have a sequel um yeah so my my initial you you said oh lethal weapon 5 is happening so anything can happen i was like bullshit like no richard donner is gone he passed away and uh, actually earlier this year even and i i just don't see them doing it i mean danny glover is a thousand years old but uh, apparently according to mel gibson in the article i read he's uh when an interview he was he was talking about how richard donner was actually working on a screenplay for number five and apparently told mel gibson like uh, listen kid if i kick the bucket you're gonna do it <laughs> and um and then he did <laughs> so uh i guess mel gibson is trying to make this happen um he didn't explicitly confirm if he's going to be reprising as rigs or what's what the nature of the story would even be at this point but i got to imagine they they would have to be handing the baton because there's they have to be retired at this point the only way it makes sense is if they're retired cops and somebody gets out of jail that they put away that's that's the only thing that makes sense yeah and they they tag along with the maybe the official you know lead detectives or something on it or something i don't know consulting yeah and then wacky hijinks ensue. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. And it's not like they have to do super actiony shit. I mean, all they have to do is is shoot guns. Yeah. <laughs> Danny Glover shooting from a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> His cane is a gun. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I might watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Well, uh, here's something I do want to see, and I'm insane. I, I'm crazy excited how this came to be, and the fact that it's happening. Uh, we reported on this a while ago, maybe months ago, that uh, Dave Bautista and Jason Momoa were cooking up their own Lethal Weapon style buddy cop adventure, yes. and it all it all started out 
Dave Batista just threw it out. He specifically tweeted, like, just going to throw this out in the atmosphere and see what happens. Like, here we go. Me and Momoa in a Lethal Weapon type buddy cop movie directed by David Leitch. Okay, there it is. And now we wait. And it took like hours for his phone to blow up, for Momoa's phone to blow up, and for like a bidding war to begin. <laughs> and, uh, just this past week, it was announced that they officially struck a deal. And so that's going to be happening at MGM. So I just love that he just fucking manifested that. Just like, like no, we're going to do this. <laughs> Period. Who wants in? Who wants it's, to print money? <laughs> it's, it's not writing a script for uh, and having some people in mind. It's having the people first and then following up with the script. Yeah. Which, I mean, I'm sure deals like that happen all the time, or you definitely heard stories about that back in the day. Like, okay, we got this lead star who wants to shoot guns and stuff and, you know, jump on things. And, you know, what can we cook up for him by Friday? <laughs> Piece of shit action thing. Sweet, go. But yeah. Um, <laughs> in other wacky shoot 'em up hijinks, did you see that uh, Reno 911 is not done yet? No, they're getting uh, like a film or a short movie or something like that. Not that's been in talks for a while. Well, so they had so they had a season. I forget how many seasons the original show was. Six or seven. It was on for uh, a while. Okay, then they had an additional season on the very shortly lived Quibi service. <laughs> <laughs> then that service died immediately, and then like everybody expected it would. Yeah, and then all of that content got passed on to uh, Roku. You can actually watch that additional season on the free Roku channel if you have a Roku device. Um, and now, I guess, I think, what was it going to be on? Paramount Plus, maybe? Where was it? Somewhere. They have a new home somewhere. Yeah, yeah, Paramount Plus. And it's coming soon, actually, December 23rd. Reno 911, The Hunt for QAnon. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's great. They just keep coming back kind of like Futurama. Like, they're just like, you want to do another special? Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> That's great. Um, <laughs> and also, uh, on Paramount+, Plus, because they spent all of that money on South Park, we got a teaser this week for their first exclusive special, the uh, post-COVID special. <laughs> and the hilarious part of it is it fast-forwards to the future with grown-up Kyle and Stan. Oh, interesting. Yeah, so you get bits of that. It's just a quick, like, minute-long teaser, but it's, like, in big letters, post-COVID. And they're, like, fully grown adults. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not like a year or two later. It's, like, 20 years later. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, because at this rate, COVID's going to be around for 20 years. Yeah. And, uh, and Ra you see Randy Marsh is now the angry old grandpa in a wheelchair. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Speaking uh, of Paramount Plus, they, uh, they kind of fucked it recently. Uh, what now? So Discovery just had their season premiere, I think, last week. Right. And discovery is pretty huge internationally it will star war or star trek in general mm -hmm. is pretty huge internationally it's it's one of the french it's one of the american franchises that i think actually does better internationally than it does domestically mm -hmm. um and unfortunately you cannot watch uh, 
you you weren't able to watch uh, Paramount Plus in most countries outside of the U.S. I think U.S. and like France, Germany, and U.K. or Canada were the only places where you could watch Paramount Plus in. Mm-hmm. Well, to get Discovery and other Star Trek out there, it's been on Netflix in internationally. Right. Well, literally two days before the season premiere of Discovery they yanked star Trek from Netflix because they're trying to launch Paramount plus uh, globally. And unfortunately it's still not available in a majority of uh, uh, countries. So now you literally cannot watch discovery anywhere on a lot of major, in a lot of major countries. That's fucked up. Yeah. So great way to hamstring your own product. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, that ain't right. Um, speaking of things that that ain't right, uh, Rockstar had to apologize. Oh, Jesus Christ. For the release of, we're jumping into games here, folks. Grand Theft Auto, what was it, the Definitive Edition or Definitive, definitive Edition Trilogy? Right. So this was launching on Nintendo Switch, on uh, PC uh it's pretty much all platforms or yeah it's been on all platforms uh switch all major consoles pc yeah yeah so these are these are supposed to be uh remastered revamped uh modernized versions of grand theft auto 3 vice city and san andreas and everybody's all hyped for it and including uh, me i've been talking about this on the podcast for at least a year yeah and even before I, I talked to you and, and heard, you know, the reactions and whatnot, I saw uh, occasionally I get like Reddit notifications on my phone and just random shit that it thinks I liked. And uh, from the Switch chat, people were blowing up about, uh, first off, that it's 60 bucks, mm-hmm. <laughs> which, you know, Switch title. Um But uh, it, it, talking about all of the glitches, all the uh, the the absolute disaster of a release um the thing was pretty much pretty much unplayable i believe right for on the pc it completely was unplayable on the switch i think there was major issues um people are saying the the xbox and pc version or uh, playstation versions are playable not not bug free but they're playable yeah but on, of- on pc it was like there was so many memory leaks and frame drops and just like garbage like port that they actually had to stop selling it on PC for a while. Yeah. So many visual and technical issues, major ones. Um, yeah. So it's uh, just, Oh, it's so fucking bad. <laughs> like it's, it's so bad that the, uh, in, in some cases, the original version looks better than the fucking remaster the texture quality and the 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 remapping was so fucking lazy like it's just i can't even describe it it, how bad it fucking is like just (laughs) this this is probably one of the most widely circulated uh uh examples of how bad it is Mm -hmm. but there's there's a random npc that walks around on grove street and grove street is where your your main home is Mm -hmm. and he's one of the the grove street bangers and you see him all the time 
And this character is so fucking lazily done that the original character had a seven on the back of his like jersey. And you can see the mesh where the seven is supposed to be. But when they remastered it and put a new character model over it, for some fucking reason, they didn't use a seven. They put a fucking nine over it. So you can see the, the mesh where the seven is supposed to be, but the visual is a nine. So I know I don't work in the gaming industry. And so I'm sure if we were on the ground floor, we could more more easily comprehend and understand how these things slip by. But when something is this bad at launch, it just you just gotta wonder like how the fuck did this who said it's good to go like who who gave the order like go ahead release it it's great like well how did that get past qa was i don't think they did QA, QA. was there I, a QA I, department at all <laughs> i literally don't think they did qa i think i think it was just a pure cash grab they gave it to like five people in a back office to do and they said do whatever you can just make it make it launch in, in in a year or two years or whatever mm-hmm. time frame they gave and they didn't do qa they didn't do any kind of fucking testing the the people that do them that did the models were straight out of fucking college this is their first art product uh, art project <laughs> like i i don't understand how this could have gone this disastrously fucking wrong mm-hmm. so the the metacritic so Metacritic aggregate score right now, uh, uh, Metacritic is is one to ten is their their score range, and it's it's obviously pulled like Rotten Tomatoes is for TV and film, Metacritic is for for video games. It pulls from like critics and audiences. Their current score right now for the definitive trilogy is zero point five. <laughs> out of 10 is that is that 0.5 like just for existing is that kind of like like they say you get so many points on the sat just for writing your name yes exactly (laughs) like it it doesn't matter what it doesn't matter what it is there will always be one person that will support it yeah so like that's that's where the 0.5 is coming from Jeez. Oh man. Well, uh, but uh, yeah, that's rough. Uh, video games in general is having like a rough month right about now. Yeah. Like the 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 GTA trilogy is a disaster. The Switch uh N64 emulation is a fucking disaster. Right. Yeah. Blizzard Activision is going through even more disaster garbage right now. But so I, thought, I thought they drained the swamp. <laughs> oh, oh no, they did not. Let oh, me tell boy. you the let me tell you the latest in this ongoing saga of fucking uh, swamp ass. God, here so we go. Universally hated I'll, I'll make this brief. Okay. Universally hated CEO Bobby Kotick who is who is uh, one of like the evil like the architect of the evil corporate CEO character. Like whenever you think of that, like that fucking film, this cannot be comically cartoonishly bad CEO. Uh That's Bobby Kotick. Like he, (laughs) he enjoys living up to that fucking stereotype. 
Yeah. He was like in the mid like 2000s, he was voted multiple years in a row worst CEO in in America. Um, so he is a comically bad asshole. And he apparently knew all of the shit or at least like some of the higher level like sexual harassment shit that was going on, on Bl- at Blizzard and actually let it slide like and covered up and uh, like one of the more severe ones was one of the CFOs or higher level executives actually assaulted or harassed a woman and she reported it. Mm -hmm. They covered it up internally. And because the guy was Bobby Kotick's friend, they like nothing happened to the dude. Like he didn't get any consequences whatsoever. And Bobby is, is known about all this shit for years and he has actually been accused of harassment himself. So there's that. And then, so the other, the other bullshit that came out too was uh, when they fired slash let go the uh, CEO of um, Blizzard, the last mm-hmm. one that, that got fired because of all this shit that came out, they appointed two co uh, two co-chairmans that were supposed to usher in a new, era of inclusivity and and all that good and it was a a man and a woman both blizzard vets had been working there for a couple of years Mm -hmm. turns out and then and then like less than six months later the the woman quits because she sees that nothing is changing nothing positive is happening and she can't support the company any longer turns out when they made them co-ceo or co-chairmen's they fucking paid her less than they paid him. Like the the age old the age old argument. <laughs> and they couldn't even see they couldn't even have the foresight to pay them the same fucking rate. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's it's just like comically bad. Oh my god. All right, that, that's that's, an, that's enough about Blizzard depressing bullshit. Uh, uh, wow is wow is in the dumps. I I can't <laughs> I can't support I can't support Blizzard at the moment. I'm dying to play Diablo 2, the the remaster because I actually oh, yeah. heard it's it's a pretty good remaster, but I I refuse to support Blizzard now and for uh, as long as Bobby as long as Bobby Kotick is CEO, I refuse to support Blizzard, so I won't be playing D2 or yeah. WoW or any of that anytime soon. All right. Well, see what happens. Speaking of, on that same line of things that you enjoy, but, you know, are conflicting, morally conflicting, there's a Harry Potter Return to Hogwarts special coming. Oh, yeah. um, so this is, it's, the story's interesting. So this is... Uh, coming to hbo max a little retrospective special to celebrate the anniversary of the uh first film which was fucking 20 years ago harry potter and the sorcerer's stone um so this is coming it's going to premiere on new year's day and uh lots of original cast gonna reunite daniel radcliffe emma watson rupert grant so that's gonna be fun interestingly enough what the press has picked up picked a picked up on is the fact that jk rowling is nowhere to be mentioned in any of these proceedings yeah she's specifically not invited no because she's a terrible person um, yep 
So yeah, could be fun. I'm gonna do it. The, we the never one interesting watching those. Yeah. The one interesting yeah. name that I didn't see anywhere was Tom Felton, which surprises yeah. me because he is like said multiple times he's all about that. He all he really wants that to happen. Hmm. So that would be interesting to not see him in that. Well, it says, I mean, of course it names the big three and uh, we'll join filmmaker Chris Columbus and other cast members from all eight films. So he, uh, he's got to be in there. That, I mean, that's that article. I saw other articles that had other names like the Bonnie Wright, um, the, the Weasley parents were named specifically. Yeah. So I don't know. The Weasleys, all hundred Weasleys will be there. <laughs> That's cool. Oh, uh, one little bit, uh, just side note back into gaming. I forgot to mention uh, the Game Awards are coming on December 9th. Um, usually I, I don't really care about them unless they reveal like, you know, updates of oncoming stuff. But uh, there's insider rumors saying that there's some big Legends of Zelda, Legend of Zelda announcements coming since this is the 35th anniversary. Uh, I, I think they said this this year is going to be a, like a huge uh, group of announcements at the Video Game Awards. Since E3 was kind of meh this year, a mm -hmm. lot of companies were holding their bigger releases till later in the year. So this could be a major, like a, a, a slew of major announcement at the Video Game Awards. Cool. All right. Um, I saw you sent me the beautiful poster of the matrix resurrections that yes. we got yes we got return. our first uh, poster and officially return to the source christmas in theaters and on hbo max yeah so got keanu looking all uh goth jesusy <laughs> and we got carrie ann looking exactly like she was of the last film hasn't yep. aged a day since yeah isn't uh, Jada Pinkett is back in it, I believe? I think she is, yes. Yeah. And then... Uh, and then... Uh, uh, alternate Morpheus. Yeah, whatever the hell, Morpheus. Whatever the hell is happening there, that's, that's happening. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll see. I'm sure it'll be enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other things in Christmas. Joe Bob Briggs announced uh, uh, the last driving Christmas special, Joe Bob Ruins Christmas. <laughs> What's he um, watching? Uh, they didn't, I don't believe they announced the movies yet, uh, but in his, uh, in his uh, Instagram post, he mentioned that they're stretching the, uh, the Christmas theme. It sounds like they're not really watching Christmas movies because <laughs> they're mentioning like, well, they're stretching the idea of what Christmas means. <laughs> but... <laughs> But what I am excited for, what they're doing, the format they're doing it is like their last Christmas special from last year. It's like this mock QVC, like shopping channel sort of thing. <laughs> and, but they're also, they're auctioning off um, like horror memorabilia, like they have like random little trinkets and then like big ticket, like legit uh, behind the scenes items from classic horror movies. So they did that last year in the same like goofy QVC style on the, the movie breaks and they ended up with like 40 grand raised for charities. So that's cool. Nice. So they're going to do that again. That's uh, December 17th on shutter. Um, what's uh, what's in Meg's bitch and kitchen tonight, Meg. Huh. Oh, so I found this like Instagram cooking 
like recipe and it's basically a whole food cupcake where it's like a carrot cake bottom and then there's like um almost like an ice cream icing on top but it's fine i love it i think it's delicious if you don't want to kill them i will no i'll kill them i mean the, the flavors are there but i was expecting it to not be as mushy and be more solid of almost like a bread on the bottom where you pick it up and you bite into it but this has so much liquid to it i guess you could say that it's just super mushy like you have to have it with a fork mm. but the flavors are all there it's definitely delicious meg's got a thing with textures mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think it's delicious. it's kind of like a to me it's like a gingerbready tasting sort of mm-hmm. treat i'm curious how it would be with like pumpkin good yeah that's one way to find out well i'll tell you what meg is all in for henry cavill um he was in a interview this week and he he confirmed he is absolutely down to uh hang out in the witcher for as long as humanly possible oh yeah uh i guess the showrunner has made mention before that uh uh, she's got a a seven-year plan a seven-season plan and uh henry cavill said he is absolutely on board with it as long as his stipulation is as long as they're still telling good stories that honor the original um original writer's world and as long as they don't accidentally murder him mm-hmm. uh, oh did he get hurt on set oh yeah he tore his hamstring oh ouch badly too apparently damn like there was rumors that he injured himself on set a while ago because mm-hmm. it happened last year um yeah. Uh, he finally opened up about it on a uh, interview recently, and he said it almost killed his action career. Oh shit! Um, shit, that's rough. The, the doctor said it was going to be a long road to recovery, and he may not be an a- he he might not have been an action star after the finish of it. Yikes! So. Phew. We are not invincible, not even Superman. Nope. Yeah. Well, they're, they're already confirmed for a third season at least, and I'm sure there's many more to come because Netflix is putting all their eggs in that basket. They're growing the, yeah. growing the Witcher universe. Yeah, they, they um, already have multiple Witcher projects in, in development. Again, like we've already we've seen the anime. We've seen uh, uh, there's the animated film. They're, uh, they're doing a Vesemir prequel series. There's all kinds of stuff in development right now. Yeah. Yep, yep uh netflix is also continuing to ramp up their uh avatar live action series uh this past week they announced they cast uh, I, I know you're not you haven't watched the show yet but uh which is a crime <laughs> but uh uh we'll watch arcane you start watching uh avatar but they they announced their uncle iroh who is um a one of if not the most beloved character of the entire of both shows actually um paul i'm sorry if i'm butchering this name paul sun hyung lee who yeah, was on kim's convenience and also he was on the mandalorian he was yes. one of the uh new republic pilots yeah yeah but yeah he's been cast and i've heard a- i've heard that like a lot of people that are familiar with the show and his work say it's like the perfect fan casting that's rad yeah um, another little bit, I, I know, again, you're not going to get it because you haven't watched the show, but I'll, I'll give you a little 
a quick little insight. It's not a major spoiler, but um, in the world of Avatar, well, in the first show, in Avatar The Last Airbender, as the main heroes are going through their adventures, um, there's a, an episode pretty early on where they're kind of running through a, a city or a town, and there's a little street merchant, a vendor, selling cabbages. <laughs> <laughs> The and it's the most random thing, but it's, he's like, you know, that, that classic like movie chase scene where, you know, the hero is chasing after the bad guy and they just run into like a fruit stand and this and that, and yeah. just shit gets broken everywhere they run. So it's that kind of, he's, he's <laughs> one of the guys who gets in the way and his cabbages go everywhere. And the guy's like, oh, my cabbages. And it's just a funny, dumb little moment, a throwaway moment. But apparently the, the showrunners just like loved it so much that they kept bringing that joke back. He's, he's <laughs> Cleveland in the bathtub in Family Guy. Yeah, no, no, oh, no, no, Jesus. no. Yeah. Yeah. Not so it's, yeah. It's that equivalent. So it ends up becoming a part of the show. And so because of that. People make fun of it all the time. It's hilarious. <laughs> because of, there's literally a board game called My Cabbages. Oh, <laughs> I forget it. I think it's a, no, it's not a monopoly. It's it's some other. It's one they you know tag on the Avatar property onto established board game, but it's the Oh My Cabbages edition. Anyway, so <laughs> in the light of all these uh, uh, the Uncle Iroh casting and all these casting announcements, like all the main characters, all the leads have been casted at this point. So now this past week, fans online were fan casting the Cabbage Merchant, and I think uh, it's perfect. Uh, Ken Jong, yes, like, he would be absolutely perfect. I'd love to see him screaming as his cabbages go every which way. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, so there's that. Uh, let's see, and other things to make fans of old properties go wild. Have you been hearing these rumblings about Stargate SG One? So, yeah, the the rumblings is, and I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, uh, they're trying to reboot it. Yeah, yeah, the original creator, Brad Wright, he's been blabbing about it. He's got a full pitch for a revival, not a reboot, a revival, and he wants to continue with the the OG, at least the, the three main leads from the original show. Um, I have no idea what they're up to these days, but... But he's, I think he's at least written a pilot for it. Um, There's certainly no Quantum Leap reboot happening anytime soon, so. Oh, yeah, definitely not. Rest in peace. Um, Yeah, I, I have, uh, this is a, this is a hole in my, in my geekdom. I've only caught little bits and pieces of SG one throughout the years. That's I another one. When I was a little kid, but yeah, that's another one that I would finally have to binge the whole thing. Like Meg and I went through Supernatural all this past year. That would have to be a a huge binge. It's rough though. SG one. Yeah. That's a that's what is that? 13, early, 13 early, seasons or so. Yeah, it, it's early nineties like bad CG. <laughs> it is very. I, I started recently rewatching it and. <laughs> It is very rough CGI. It, yeah. it, it, the stories are fun and okay, and it, it's definitely unique Monsters of the Week uh, mm-hmm. format, at least for yeah. the first like season or two. 
but yeah. uh, it definitely is very rough and the the resolution is like really fucking bad there's no like there's no upscales there's no there's no hd copies it wasn't shot in like hd cameras it's like you're literally watching a vhs recording of the first couple of seasons oh that reminds me of um when they were trying to remaster um next generation yeah. and all of all of those effects shots were like Betamax, essentially, and <laughs> not great. Yeah, yeah. I the, the first the first season of Star Trek, the first like two seasons of of Next Gen, are are, are better than than the CG and the uh, and the 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 general overall quality of uh, SG One. But right. I mean, if you put it on background watching and you don't really actively pay attention to it, they're still fine. Yeah, I would probably still give it a go. Hey, Meg, you were the one who suggested watching and binging all of uh, Xena just a yeah. few days ago. That's also Ooh. rough. Yeah, that, I've bought it on TV a few too. times and I'm like, how is this a show? <laughs> <laughs> how did we love this so much? Uh-huh. The 90s were a simpler time. <laughs> it didn't take much. You just run across the same field in New Zealand all the time in every episode. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, my my personal exception is uh, my personal love is Farscape. That was my huge epic first love in TV sci-fi, and yeah, that started in that was from '99 to '03, just four years, and then that little special they did, and yeah, same thing. Any of the uh, the CG shots are granted good for them that they they use the. Uh, jim henson creature shop for a lot of the aliens so a lot of the practical shit still holds up but all the full cg work of like outside you know spaceships you know battling each other it's a windows 95 screensaver (laughs) not good not good that's i think that's why star trek actually holds up a lot better in the like ship the ship universe because Mm. they actually used practical ships yeah, all of the ships are practical. Like yeah. the effects around the ships, not so practical, but they, they they hold up a lot better than a lot of like late '80s, early '90s uh, sci-fi. Yeah. Well, speaking of spaceships and shit, um, you clued me in, Todd, that uh, the the one I guess uh, ongoing uh, the one lingering Star Wars film that was upcoming might be dead in the water. Yeah, so it's officially been announced that uh, they are delaying the film. Yeah, Rogue Squadron. Rogue Squadron. Yeah. Um, what's unofficial at this moment and rumors, but also highly credible, um, the same leaker that leaked the fact that this film was even in existence mm. um, leaked recently that uh, the film is DOA due to uh conflicts between patty jenkins and disney or well not necessarily disney but lucasfilm Mm -hmm. uh higher ups probably kathleen kennedy to be exact to be specific Mm. uh but uh it's currently it's currently uh stated as scheduling conflicts with Mm -hmm. because she has uh Wonder, Wonder Woman, Woman 3, three. that she's yeah. writing, directing, producing, all that good stuff. <clears throat> and I'm sure she probably got other DC projects or other like 
Warner Brothers projects. I think she's got an exclusive, uh, not exclusive contract, but I think she's got a multi-film deal with uh, WB. Uh, but uh, they, there's rumors that there, there's too much interference from Lucasfilm in what she's trying to write uh, into the script. So she very much wants to have control mm-hmm. and they are very much Disney. So they are very much, we have control. Yeah. Creative also, differences. <laughs> Yeah, creative differences. Yeah. And there's also rumors that the same thing is happening with Taika's film, mm-hmm. which is even further out on the slate. It hasn't even been announced, slashed, yeah. whatever it is. But there's rumors that the same thing is happening with his film is he's trying to write it, and Disney is interfering and saying, no, we want to go in this direction, not not where you're taking it. Yeah. Feels like I mean, it, it feels like they have this pattern of getting way ahead of themselves. Like uh, it feels like you go to a, a, a Disney event or something. And if you're a big wig, they just hand you a star Wars movie. Like it's a business card. Like, Hey, you want to direct a star Wars? You want to direct a star Wars? <laughs> and then after the fact that all falls you know, behind the scenes, like over the next couple of years, it all falls apart. <laughs> the yeah, game of Thrones guys were going to have their own trilogy at some point. Oh yeah, and yeah. Rian Johnson was going to have his own trilogy, and everybody gets a trilogy. Both of they... those can't canceled, by the way. Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. just give the fucking universe to Filoni and uh, fucking what's his name, Happy. John Favreau. John Favreau. Just give it to Filoni and Favreau. <laughs> just give it to Filoni and Favreau, and let them have control of the film universe as well as the TV universe Filoni and be and done Fav- with it. That just sounds so it, it sounds old Hollywood. Perfect. Filoni and Favreau. <laughs> Star Wars. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, well, hopefully that's the direction they're, they are leaning into. And it took uh, a while for them to come around to it, but maybe that's just what's naturally happening because the Mando universe, the television world of Star Wars is, going full throttle um we still haven't heard any updates on the rangers in the new republic ever since the Toronto fallout okay but everything else obi-wan's up and coming uh ahsoka is up and coming and joining rosario dawson yep we even have casting news uh we are getting sabine wren so more of our rebels cast is coming in and the actress uh slated to play it is natasha liu bordizo yeah not not sure if i'm saying her name right but uh not familiar with her not familiar with her either but she nails the look she's gorgeous uh i think she will uh, at least nail the look of the character if not the acting mm-hmm. yeah i'm not familiar with her stuff but apparently oh that's right we looked this up the other day i didn't even know apparently netflix did a crouching tiger hidden dragon sequel yeah a few years back and she was in that um that was her debut clearly it was a great film <laughs> i i mean the reviews were mixed of it. Uh, I loved the original so much that I kind of avoided watching it because I didn't want it to taint the original. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I mean, maybe I'll get around to watching it eventually, but uh, 
she was in that she was in guns akimbo with uh um harry potter Potter, Potter, himself which i need to watch i forgot that existed until now guns akimbo but i remember seeing that image constantly two years ago of daniel radcliffe in like a bathrobe and fluffy slippers (laughs) with guns like duct tape to his hands and just this wild-eyed look on his face in the middle of the street so i have to see that (laughs) she was in uh the greatest showman okay yeah i didn't see that one all right finally just watched that greatest showman Mm -hmm. was it great it was good yeah the greatest showman the greatest showman (laughs) you know how i am about musicals and i really liked it yeah i'm surprised you're you're giving a musical because it's meant to be a musical okay all right greatest showman your opinion on sound of music i love sound of music i wore our vhs tape out It's one of my favorite movies. The, the double copy, uh, the double tape VHS. It wasn't double tape. Yeah, it had it had two. It was the big, the Sound white one that had two. Yeah, Sony Music had two tapes. Was it that long? Yeah. Hmm. All right. I remember because we had uh, there was only like three or four films that we had that were two tapes. It was Sound of Music. It was um, Gone with the Wind. We had Gone with the Wind. Yeah. Uh. Not well, yeah, Last of the good. Mohicans. What was the other one that was like Last of the Mohicans around the same time? Dances with Wolves? No, not Dances with Wolves. Yeah, Sound of Music had an intermission, so I can understand it having two tapes. Yeah. Probably. Titanic had two tapes. Yeah. Titanic, of course, yes. yes. I remember in the theater they had the intermission for Titanic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> T2. Terminator 2. The... Uh, collectors collector's edition vhs i remember that had that was a dual tape so i had that one anyway memories <laughs> uh and speaking of action blast from the past actually my oh, last 14, bit of news that i've got on my oh what's up 1492 that was the other one that we had 1492 i never saw that one and don't bother okay (laughs) well here's something that's interesting i at this point i mean i've been so painfully forgiving sometimes of the predator franchise (laughs) uh even that last one with shane black it had its good moments definitely had its low moments um I, I can't give it a, a solid A, <laughs> but it was it was worth a watch. But this has me pretty interested because this latest one, this latest news, they're going back to basics. Uh, a first look at the new Predator movie was released, and it's just a single image. Looks like a poster-worthy image, um, but pretty much tells the story. It's set 300 years in the past. So a Native American woman is being hunted slash hunting the predator or a a predator. It looks rad as shit. There's just this uh, image. I'll send it to you, Todd. Uh, I'm not sure if it's supposed to be like a snowy whiteout or if it's ash because the whole forest is burning, but it's just a grayed out uh, landscape with a bunch of dead looking trees. You've got the... um, indigenous woman there uh hunting with a bow and arrow and behind her just faintly in the fog you can see the predator coming at her 
Now, that, the question is, does she looks fairly ripped? Does she have a epic handshake with another fairly ripped indigenous person? That needs to happen. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. <laughs> no, this is a, I think this is a really good take because they did the uh, the modern they've did they've done multiple modern day iterations and this feels like it could be handled handled correctly i don't know who is attached to this let me i probably should have read the damn article shouldn't i um main character is a female warrior named naru trying to protect her tribe against an alien warrior that the audience is very familiar with uh predator prequel will star amber mid thunder as naru also involved in the project is oh shit dan trachtenberg is set to direct uh most notably his his uh first feature was 10 cloverfield lane i am so in for this and he's also directed some episodes of the boys um yeah oh hell yeah i'm all in on this sweet may may could this be the one like uh, (laughs) of the home run predator movie once again i don't know (laughs) we shall see don't get your hopes up, Tony. Stop it. Uh, hopes rising. <laughs> oh, oh, and one more. One more. One last thing. A little bit of news. Another blast from the past. Uh, somebody decided that Under Siege needed a reboot. Excuse me, what? <laughs> How have you heard of this and I haven't heard anything about this yet? What? What the fuck? <laughs> what? Uh, <laughs> uh, I am not familiar uh, with this team here. Team, I apologize if I am butchering these names. Timo Chahanto directing, Umair Alim writing. Um, send you the link here. Uh, I'm looking at the deadline link right now. Yeah. I don't recognize either of those names. Yeah. Uh, the duo collaborated and developed the pitch together with the movie being planned to stream on HBO Max. Um, There's zero chance that that fucking <laughs> Seagal what, is Seagal. involved in this. No, absolute zero chance. Negative 20 chance, I'll give it. Um, yeah, is it, it, no word if he would reprise his role as Casey Ryback in any form, even for a cameo. I, I doubt it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that that's that's happening. Okay, so uh, to again, probably butchering the name. I apologize. Chihonto. Oh, one of the guy, the, one of the right. Oh, you cut out. Say again. The, the name that you're trying to pronounce right now is currently attached to direct remake of the train to Busan, which is interesting. Wait, remake of train. Well, to Busan? Yeah. So they're, they're doing a remake, but set in America. Oh, so, well, so but not, zombies on a train. <laughs> yeah. We, we, yeah. What? Is it, gonna, does it, it sounds more like it's going to be a sequel because Train to Busan is not that old. It's t- a few years, isn't it? But it's still really, it's a foreign film. So they're adapting it for an American audience. Uh, sounds like. So they're doing the, like, uh, let the right one in. 
And then the American version, Let Me In. Because nobody's allowed to have their own films anymore. America has to do one better. Uh-huh. We're going to take that amazing foreign thing and mark all over it. Surprise, there is mm-hmm. an American Parasite version. Yeah, already. <laughs> Maybe it's in the works. Uh, okay. But yeah, uh, Tejanto is an Indonesian filmmaker. He got his start by directing VHS 2. Um, went on direct Night Comes for Us and May the Devil Take You. May the Devil Take You. That one sounds familiar. I haven't seen these though. Okay. I, I don't think it needs a remake. It's it's the only Seagal film that's actually watchable. <laughs> yeah. Also, thanks to uh, Tommy Lee Jones as in one of his wacky villain roles. Yeah, Tommy. Let's be honest. Tommy Lee Jones and Gary Busey carry that film. Yes, one hundred percent. But and, and the rack of what's her name, the playmate. <laughs> yes, the the, I mean, the the five seconds of VHS tape for every like preteen and teenager from the nineties that got wore out faster than the rest of that tape. <laughs> uh yeah um oh, okay the uh the screen the writer uh also wrote the netflix assassin movie kate starring mary elizabeth winstead and woody harrelson which i still need to watch um, that's on the list it's supposed to be pretty good yeah for good things all right well yeah. that's a thing <laughs> that certainly is a thing how did you hear about that before i heard about that just that's what i want to know <laughs> do you have just a permanent under siege alert like yes you... <laughs> i have a google alert set up for under siege <laughs> you just think the rare, <laughs> the insanely rare occasion that the stars align that there's some sort of news about under siege the only thing I could imagine is Seagal being found dead in a hotel somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, it more likely be dead in Russia because he's a Russian citizen now, by the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it, it was one of my dad's favorite films. So we watched a lot when I was a kid. He, he loved Seagal. He loved like pretty much any like war action type thing. Yeah. But Seagal was one of his favorites. You grew up on all those like the... 70s 80s uh b military hero yep. like everybody trying to be rambo um yep. um fucking what's his face chuck norris uh chuck norris yeah oh what was the oh damn my movie homework that i forgot about what's the one the 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 b movie top gun iron eagle iron eagle that's the iron eagle that i need to get on yeah i need to just also start... here's one here's here's one that's actually legit good okay. uh it, it had James Garner in it. Tank. Tank. I'm, right. I'm sure that's on one of the streaming services because I've watched it in the last like two or three years. If you can find that on one of the streaming services, just 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 Tank. That's all it is. Watch it. 84 it's, film. You can rent it on Vudu for like four bucks. It's with James Garner and a bunch of other random nobodies. Like you've probably seen a few of the character actors in other films. Yeah. They were in all of the eighties, like generic. Oh, yeah. And yeah, the see, sheriff. Thomas Howell. Yeah. James yeah. Cromwell. Okay. There Actually, go. It's, a, it's a good, film. it's a good flick. It was one of me and my dad's favorites. We watched, we, I think we watched that almost as much as we watched uh, under siege. That's a, Oh God. Even the, <laughs> The, the poster art 
this this uh old school how they used to do good good solid um movie posters the, yeah. the painted the painted yeah the artwork just a big honk and a murk and thumbs up from james garner there yep <laughs> oh man that's good that that's the epitome of like dad favorites that's that's an <laughs> official genre <laughs> from 70s 80s war movies or like you know military style movies dad favorites yep. we should do we should do a, a little special on dad favorites <laughs> <laughs> i'll start watching these i'll fill in the blanks of uh my, it's uh, definitely it's definitely on. the type of film that your your dad would come home sit in a recliner and crack open a beer and recite yep. along the lines of, of his favorite movie that is seen 15 billion times and the recliner is like a brown corduroy with a really sad beer cozy on the beer mm-hmm. and it's been it's worn yeah. out in like 15 places but he can't throw yeah. it away because oh. it's his oh yes a well-loved beer cozy <laughs> and recliner and a trucker hat <laughs> yep or like penzoil or some shit and the recliner is like 15 years worth of dad farts <laughs> <laughs> And it's and it's pushed like right up a, up against that fake brown, old ass wood wall. Oh man, uh, puts a tear to my eye. <laughs> Honestly, that's that's starting to sound like more like my grandpa's favorites, really. <laughs> oh man. All right, guys. Well, that's all the news I got. Anything else, Todd? Any other uh, gaming? Uh, any movie shit I missed? I'm sure there was something, but after the last 10 minutes I'm spent <laughs> fucking under siege. God damn it. You got to watch some under siege <laughs> and tank. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for joining. This is Tony. This is Todd. And Meg. Go play some video games. Go uh, watch some dad favorites. <laughs> and um, some 80s, some 70s, 80s and 90s dad flicks. Yeah. Giant that should, that should be a category on Netflix. Dadflix. Dadflix. <laughs> there we go. That's yeah. Dadflix. That works. All right. Stay frosty, guys. <laughs> <laughs>